but I took a break from Romans and we're jumping back and we're kind of doing um, a warm-up into our summer messages and uh, talking about uh, moms and dads and the home all in one. And so uh, it's not something I usually do, but we're going to do that this morning. Our text is found in Exodus 20, verse 12. We'll look at other verses that are dealing with this. But if you know the context of this verse, it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, Israel has come out of Egypt, um, and you've probably watched the cartoons or Charleston Heston, if you're a little older, uh, that deals with Moses and Exodus and, and all of the, the coming out and coming into the land, uh, the promised land. And all that God has done for his people. And he says, and these are the things I want you to live by. And he gave them the Ten Commandments. And he's reminding them, and we often forget the very few words that are introducing the Ten Commandments. And if we want to be in the context, we cannot forget these words. Even though we're going to be speaking on verse 12 We're going to start reading in verse 2 as God speaks these words to Israel. God says this. He says, I am the Lord your God. And that's how we should think as we enter into this section. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make For yourself an idol or any other likeness of of what is in heaven above or on earth, beneath or in the water or under the earth, you shall not worship them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am jealous, God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain or the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God in it you shall not do any work Uh, You or your sons or your daughters, your male or your female slave or your cattle or your sojourners who is within your gates. It's kind of like within the gates of your house. For in the six days, God made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land with the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, you shall not covet his male slave or his female slave or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And all the people perceived the thunder and lightning and the flashings and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking and the people perceived it and they shook and stood at a distance. As God was giving these commandments 
the people of Israel at the bottom, at the base of the, of the Mount Sinai, uh, and Moses being at the top of Mount Sinai, they, they saw all that God was doing as he was talking to Moses in the perception of the, the thunder and lightning, and they, they shook them. I don't know if you've ever uh, experienced that, where you experienced something that kind of just shook you. It's just like, whoa. And it was profound. It was fearful. It was amazing. It was just, you stood in awe, and it kind of just rattled your nerve a little bit, or a lot of it. I don't know if you experienced that, but that was Israel at this point. And God had given them these Ten Commandments to to know that this is God and this is his desire for them. And we come to verse 12, and we're going to talk more about the significance of of these commandments next week as we start our summer series about uh, discipleship matters and how God orders disordered lives, and he loves to do that. But we're going to look at this morning as a way of introduction about honoring your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which Yahweh gave you. Now, we know that the land that God gave you, talking to Israel, and we also know that if we fast-forwarded, Paul brings us into this, this principle of honoring your father and mother when he shares the same principle in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And we know that the context is still the same, believe it or not, because we go back to chapter 5, and he talks about being submissive to Christ or submitting to Christ, following Christ, and making our life about Christ. Just as God was teaching or sharing God's will to the Israelites that their, their life was to be submissive or all about the Lord. That brought him out of Egypt. What's interesting as we think about this is is I want you to kind of prepare your thinking. We see this very aspect of authority or submission. We see it sorely lacking today. By the way, it's not a new thing. It's just a circle of things or the circle of life. If you watch, you know, Disney Lion King. But what goes around comes around if you remember Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just new to us. But if you read back in through history, we see, um, we see revolution after revolution after revolution. And usually it's around people that hate authority. They don't like authority. They have utterly disregard for authority. And that is what we've been seeing over the last four years it's ramping up less and less respect or honor for authority, right? It's not, people don't like authority. They don't like to be told what to do. They don't want to follow rules. Just go out and drive on the road, and you'll figure that out real fast. You know, people do whatever is right in their own eyes. And we have accidents almost daily between sunset and portal way. It's just like a common occurrence, I try to avoid that stretch of freeway like a plague. I always tell my kids, don't take portal away. <laughs> it's like, if there's going to be an accident, it's going to be there. Don't take sunset. If there's going to be an accident, it's going to be there between Meridian and sunset. And it's like, half of you take those exits every day. <laughs> Praise the Lord, you haven't been in an accident. But we see today, where, where's this 
disregard for authority come from? We see actively, even today, in government, a suppression of authority, but yet they claim authority. They want to be, have supreme authority, but they're trying to suppress authority. It's, it's this oxymoron you know, thing that we see happening all the time. We wonder, why, where is this coming from? Where did this come from, and why is this happening? Not only do we see this great suppression of authority, but we see a fundamental drive to own, and I didn't say that, you know, tongue-in-cheek, I'm serious. We see a fundamental drive to own or control our kids today. There's an utter disregard for authority, and it really begins, and it's being targeted with our kids. We see that happening. Why? If you, if you can manipulate kids, you can utterly sh- Shift and change society. And God knew this. The, 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 the Ten Commandments weren't just like a suggestion. That's why they, they don't call them the Ten Suggestions. They also weren't the all-inclusive, just do these ten and, and you've got it made. These are just like the, the jumping or stepping stones uh, to help you understand about who God is. And we'll talk more about that next week. But, but basically, we see today this fundamental idea of that they're teaching our kids that they, the kids, you should have your own authority. You're your own authority. And we see that being taught today or indoctrinated today. And so as we look at the text of Exodus 20.12, when it says, honor your father and mother, which was a very familiar verse for me, I don't remember when I first memorized it, but it was amazing when my mom gave me a box of pictures and things. I found her handwriting of just after we became believers. That was one of the verses that I memorized, one of my first verses, besides um, about uh, not fearing things, uh, but running to God instead of fearing things. And um, in Psalm 56.3, when I time I'm afraid, I'll trust in the Lord. That was my very first verse I memorized, but this was a close second in line with those things. Warren Wiersbe said about uh, Ephesians 6 and Exodus 20, verse 12, he quibbed, and this was a while ago. This wasn't today, but this was a while ago, so the problem's been just ramping up over the years, since the 20s, since the 1800s, since the 1700s, since, you know, it's just been kind of ramping up. And he quibbed this. He said, here's the modern version of these verses. Listen to what he said. He said, parents, obey your children. For this is the will to keep them happy and bring peace to your home. Of course, this is contrary to God's order of things. This is not what God said. But that's the modern version of what we see today. Right? I I, I was reading that and I was like, Holy cow, that's exactly what they're teaching today. I like it. I was like, i gotta, I got to give that in the introduction. But I want you to see the three basic things that's in your notes, and that's the imperative, the impact, and the implications. There's some severely huge implications that are drawn out of this verse, 
and we see it broadly from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. There's a great impact that we also see all the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament. It's not just a one-off. It's not just, you know, we often quote this verse, and, and then we say that's just, this verse is important, just remember it. But we see this commonality all the way through Scripture based on the imperative. Imperative is a command. And we see it in verse 12. Honor your father and mother. It's, a, it's an important aspect. Honor in the home. It's important, and there's an imperative why it's important, and we'll, or there's implications to why it's important. We'll get there here shortly. Uh, let's begin by taking the command or the imperative at face value. It's very simple to understand. Honor your father and mother. It's very simple. I remember when I was in Bible college, and I remember before I went to Bible college, my sister, who was eight at the time, I remember, I got to do, it should be simple math, she's 10 years younger than I am, so, <laughs> uh, when I was, I was like, when did I go to college? <laughs> uh, when I went to college, she wrote in my Bible, of all things, a little note, which is still there, Ephesians 6.1, honor your father, and then underlined mother, <laughs> says, she didn't want me to forget mom, <laughs> She knew that was at a time of life. I was excited to be in Bible college. I kind of ignored everybody. And she, says, you know, she was trying to remind me at eight years old, don't ignore mom. She knew it was very simple. Honor mom. Honor dad. That's God's design. This was God's will. This was God's design. It's a very simple starting place for every human relationship it's for kids to learn this very simple principle. It's a very simple principle, but it's very dynamic when it works against our flesh, right? right? Our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. You know, our flesh is against the spirit. Our flesh is always against the things of God. Even though this command is very simple, we find it very difficult with things. Honor your father in mother. It's not a hard concept, but it does require a lot of explanation. It involves this idea of honor involves showing genuine respect by loving your parents. Not just liking your parents, but loving your, your parents, showing them respect, honoring them, to esteem them very high. The very simple term in Hebrew for honor is very weighty. It's to say that your parents are very weighty in your life. They, 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 they take a lot of thought in your life, is the idea. To have a high view of in your life. To speak kind, politely, courteous to them. To hold them in high esteem. It's not always about liking them. It's about honoring them. There's even a kind of fear that's associated with this. Fast forward to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3, and it repeats this fifth commandment and principle in these terms. In verse 3 of Leviticus 19, it says, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. It's kind of like our holidays. They got it right. Mother first, father second. Mother and father. Revere them. And that's the 
simple term for fear or respect. The Hebrew text uses one of the classic words for fear. By the way, it's not cowardly, like, whoa, you know, to fear, in coward fear, but in awe and admiration that's befitting one's parents, a healthy respect for. So as we look at this command to honor your father and mother, it's huge, it's important, not just for you kids, but for all of us to understand and grasp, why did God give this command. So the fifth command deals not just with the externals, but it deals with the attitude and respect. It's an honor that involves a proper heart attitude. God wanted not just this outward entrapping of just, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know, uh, okay, do that, sure. He, God wasn't looking for the kids just simply be a slave in the family. He was looking for them to learn to honor the father and mother to have a proper heart attitude as well as an appropriate behavior. It's, it's to have a good, to start with the heart, to work outwardly to affect behavior. Honoring involves the, the heart. When you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, it goes in and you, we see the repeat of this command to honor your father and mother and to for the parents to teach all of these commands to the kids. And then he ends in verse 6 with this, and he says, And these words I have commanded you today shall be on your hearts. All these commands. God wanted it to be in the heart, on the heart. It's a heart issue. It's not a behavior modification issue. That's where we struggle a lot of times. That's where we see a lot of our society going. It's all about about modification, right? We have gender gender modification. We have all sorts of different modifications today. And God says, no, no, no. It's about the heart. It's about honoring authority. That's really the central issue that we see here in the text. The central issue is all about submission to authority. We go back all the way back to two. He's reminding them. He says, then God spoke these words and saying, I am the Lord your God. It's a heart issue. How do we start? How do we develop this heart issue in the home or in society? It begins with teaching our kids to honor the parents. That's why we see the home is under attack by every institution. That's not God, but that is from man. It's, it's, it's under attack. You, you can see societies that have wiped out the, the home or the parents of father and mother, and you remove it, you see that you see the failings, uh, and you see problems, you see crime, you see all sorts of things running rampant in that society. You say, well, what about single parents? My mom was, I grew up in a single parent home for a long time. My mom, uh, after uh, she got saved, and after I got saved, we lived a lot of years as a single parent, and she raised me. Uh, She taught me how to pitch. She taught me how to throw a spiral. I remember hitting the ball and, and re-breaking her collarbone. As I, she pitched to me, my mom did it all. She took, I mean, she took everything I gave, I gave at her, you know, with full brunt force. 
how did that work? How come I didn't end up, you know, on the streets and, and having all these different problems? Because she knew the writing on the wall that I needed father figures. She prayed that God would provide father figures. And I had many dads growing up. I didn't just have, I was blessed. I, I, I can honestly say I've had many dads. And I love it. And now I get to experience life with a father. I never had a father growing up, but now I do. And it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's valuable. And we need to honor that. So it's not saying that if you don't have, you know, both father and mother in your home, that God can't do amazing things, but you still need to honor. That's a heart issue to honor the father and the mother. Ephesians 1 um, uh, Paul brings us into this same command, and he says this, and if, in Ephesians 6, 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That word right means it's, it's in order, in the right order of things. It's God's right order. To honor your parents, to obey your parents. And this has a great impact. We've seen this. Because we've heard that this is the command with promise. And in verse 2 and 3, we see that Paul says, you know, honor your father and mother, obey your father and mother in the Lord, for this is right. And this is the first commandment with promise. That's a great thing. Now, we take promise as this is a guarantee that everything is going to be well and everything is going to be perfect. And, and there are some people that build this prosperity gospel that everything is going to be perfect. I'm going to live to over 100 years old because I'm going to honor, the, I'm going to honor the, my father and mother and I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to test the Lord. And, but the idea here, the word for promise, is actually this is more like a principle that it's, this is going to be good for you. It's not merely just a promise, but it's a truism. You've heard of the if and then statement. If you do this, this is going to be the response. If you don't do this, this is also going to be the response, right? If you, if you drive 55 and pass the police officer, you're not going to get a ticket unless you're driving down Main Street. Uh, if you drive 70 and pass the police officer, you're going to get a ticket unless you're you know, driving through Bellingham, because they just don't have traffic police officers. But <laughs> I, was, I was hearing all the wonderful stories about the lack of authority in Bellingham. But here's the impact. It's not a guarantee. It's a truism. It's a principle. There are a lot of people who honor their parents and die young anyway. Because ultimately, God is in control of all things. We'll say, well, then how is this true then? How is this a truism? And no doubt, there's a lot of people who don't honor their father or mother who live long. And you're saying, wait a minute. I thought it said, if you, you know, honor your father and mother, you'll live long. So isn't the opposite of that also true, that you're not going to live long? In general, this principle is always true. And that is this, and that is the impact is a blessed life on earth. It's amazing if you look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2, you notice that it says that you may, it's a first command with promise that, it, that it'll be well with you and live long on this earth. You know what's amazing is, is 
is, is if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 5 and chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 21, you know that uh, if you rebelled against your parents and it was a severe case and you kept dishonoring your parents time after time after time, never honoring your parents, they were commanded to stone that child. I mean, put them to death. Yeah, and so for most of the kids in Israel, this was highly responsive. They're like, well, yeah, if I rebel, I watched Jimmy down the road, and, and he rebelled day after day after day after day. And that's, by the way, the verbiage in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 21. It says, hey, if there's somebody that shows no signs, but day after day after day continues to rebel, then put him to death. And we say, well, that's harsh. This was the reality. God says, so the, you know, they're like, oh, I saw what happened to Jimmy, so I'm going to honor my parents. They were taught to, to have a awe and respect for authority. We don't have that same awe and respect today. You know what's interesting, though? As I looked at these words, I found out something that I never saw before. As I looked at the Hebrew word for living that it may go well with you, and in, in the Greek word for that it may go well with you, it's actually the Hebrew word for that it may be well with you is that you will have a good mental state. Think about that. You're going to be mentally stable. If you honor your father or mother, you're going to be in a place mentally where you're stable, where you're healthy mentally, because you have a great respect for your parents. This is what God is promising. Not only that it will go well with you, but you'll also live long in the land. In the Greek, it had this idea that it had to do with your heart, it's meaning that you'll be pleased or happy in your heart. You'll be content was the Greek form, is, is that you're going to be mentally stable and content with life no matter what's going on around you. Psalm 128, verse 1 through 2 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it will be mentally stable with you is what he says, that it may be well with you. The more that we honor the Lord, the more that we honor authority and we're submissive to authority, the, the more mentally stable our thinking will be. The more at ease we will be. The more at peace, the idea here is the more at peace we will be with the things that are going on. And so the impact is, is that we're going to have this blessed life. Even when things are hard. You say, so this is what the Lord is really getting at. It's not about the circumstances. And this is what Paul was saying in Philippians chapter 4. I've learned the secret of contentment. Because his life wasn't about his circumstance, but about him pursuing and submitting to the Lord, to Christ. And the, the, the transverse of this is true. That the impact of not honoring your father and mother was a hard life, a difficult life, a life without peace, a rocky life. You think about it, 
if you were to look at the, what was going on in, in, during the Hebrew time that when God talks about this to Israel, you can see that there was many reasons why this truism might apply. The, the rebellious son or daughter who disregarded his parents' counsel often found and put himself directly in danger through his rebellion. We see that even today. Kids who drive recklessly, kids who hang out with other kids who drive recklessly, alcoholism, drugs, abuse, and often directly related to rebellion against parents. And those things can significantly shorten one's life expectancy. When you rebel against your parents and you don't honor them, you tend to not listen to them. And when you don't listen to them, you put yourself in harm's way needlessly. Frankly, young people who rebel almost always have more difficult lives. And here is what we're seeing promoted in our society today. It's no wonder we see things struggling the way they are. Because we're taught to disregard authority, no honor for authority. And often they fall directly into sin and it shortens their lifespan. And in fact... You know, we saw, we talked about that, that the, in Israel, in national Israel, back during this time, Deuteronomy chapter 21, it, it significantly shortened their lifespan because then they were stoned. In verse 21 of 21, it says, Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones, so you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all of Israel shall hear and fear the Lord. You know, it's amazing, but I want you to show you something from this imperative and this impact of this command. The promised principle here, this truism, is this significant incentive that God uh, gives in this command is also applicable to you and I, right? It's not just for Israel, it's for us. That's why Paul writes it in Ephesians 6, 3, when he paraphrased this command. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Not just in the land that God had provided, but on the earth. So this is an incentive for all of us. You want to do something that will extend your life? Expectancy, decrease the stress in your life? And make everything, all aspects of your life better? Honor your father or mother. By the way, this is a command that doesn't stop. I thought it stopped when I went to college. I think that's why my sister put it in my Bible. <laughs> I honestly did. I was like, oh, hey, I'm my, I'm my own. I'm, I'm going out on my own now. And it's like, no. I learned real quickly that honoring your father or mother is just as important when I, now that even now that I'm a grandparent, you want to do something. All these things, you know what? Here's the here's the thing: honoring and submitting to authority, honoring authority, submitting to authority, especially your father and mother. That's the starting point, and it just goes on from there. And we'll show you in a minute. It's cheaper and more effective than any kind of therapy. Any. It's cheaper and better than any kind of dietary supplement. Whatever you're doing to try to extend your life, I guarantee learning this heart principle does more for your life 
then all the therapy and supplements and surgeries and augmentations that we think will extend and make life better. This is God's, if you do this, then this is the result. There's these natural implications. I want to show you some implications. In each of the ten, you know, if we look at all the Ten Commandments in, in Exodus 20, it says much more than what it appears on the surface. It's God didn't say that here's the Ten Commandments and this is all you need to know. There's, there's much more for us to dig. All you have to do is go to Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7 and look at the Beatitudes because Jesus expounds all of the Ten Commandments and he brings it back to a heart issue. If you look to what Jesus is saying, all of them have far-reaching expansive implications and moral implications with our heart and with our life. Although it speaks to children in particular in Exodus chapter 20, it also speaks more about the command to honor all authority. It sets forth a principle that has implications for every aspect and every relationship in our life. And it starts with parents. Honoring starts in the home with the parents. The parents need to be honoring authority in order to teach the kids to honor the authority of father and mother. That's why Paul goes to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, immediately after saying, honor your father and mother or obey your father and mother, he says this, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the of the Lord. The commandment therefore implies, or the implication is that parents should strive to be everything righteous and honorable to authority, to God's authority, so that they can teach what is right and honorable to their kids. Psalm 103, verse 13 through 14 says this As the father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, our being, and he remembers that we are dust. That's how an honorable father treats his children, and that is therefore a duty laid also on us as fathers, as parents. Honoring starts in the home as a parent. We can't expect our kids to honor us if we're not honoring the Lord, if we're not honoring authority, and that we struggle with that. Just because we grow out of being kids in a home with a parents in a home and we leave the home and we have our own kids doesn't mean that we are like, hey, we've got this honoring our father and mother all figured out. We also continue to struggle with honoring authority. Honoring the home starts with training a heart of submission towards authority. If you turn to forward a little bit in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen to what it says. Now this is the commandments, the statutes and the judgments God says to them, to Israel, which the Lord your God has commanded me, talking about Moses, to teach you that you might do it. There's the action part. And in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your sons and your grandsons might fear the Lord your God, to keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I am commanding you all the days of your life and all the days 
and all of your days might be prolonged. O Israel, you shall listen and be careful to do it, and it may be well with you. That means you may be stable in your thinking, mentally, at peace with what's going on around you, that you may multiply greatly just as the Lord your God, your Father, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Honoring in the home starts with a heart of submission towards authority, and that authority is honoring the Lord. It's also honoring those that are older, just by way of 1 Timothy 5, verse 1 through 2 says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as a brother, older women as mothers, older, uh, younger women as sisters in all purity. There's this idea of honoring those who are older than us. Not only that, but we see this idea of honoring our spiritual leaders. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15, Paul said this, Though you have 10,000 instructions in Christ, yet you, you uh, are not many fathers. You haven't arrived at fatherhood. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. He was their spiritual father, and therefore they owed him honor just like a parent. Paul goes on to say So you should be honoring your spiritual leaders who are your spiritual parents. One of my favorite things while visiting Africa was as I would go up and and, and my African brothers and sisters, they would come up to me and they'd say, I'm a son of, and they would share the missionary. And I was like, what do you mean you're a son of? And and, because they gave me an English name and I was like, that's a little odd. And, And they said, well, it was he who led me to the Lord. That's my spiritual father. And he goes, and they say, and I'm a grandson of, and they said, because so-and-so led me to the Lord, who was led to the Lord by so-and-so. It was an amazing concept, and that's exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4. But not only there is this, so we have this honoring submission towards all authority, because we honor those who are older, we honor those who are spiritual leaders, and we also honor government leaders. You say, but I don't like them. Your kids say the same thing sometimes. It's not about likes, right? It's about honor. I I laughed hysterically when my kids came home from Washington, D.C., back in the Obama-era days, and they brought home a cup with Obama's picture on it. And they were like, we we brought this home so we could go out and smash it. And my wife was like, no, not going to happen. And that's our president. And it's funny as she put it away. We, we never ended up seeing that cup. It never got used. It was just put away, and we never saw it until after we moved. But I was like, I forgot all about that. But she goes, no, that's our president. God placed him in authority. We honor him. He's our president. It's President Obama. It's not Obama. It's not Obi. It's not, well, you know, there's all these nicknames I remember back in the day, right? Like it's President Biden. It's not Joe, it's not, you know, it's President Biden, right? Honor our authority. 
It's not, this command, by the way, is not, this is not like, by the way, it's not obey everything that they do. We know that because in Acts, in Acts, it says we obey God and not man. But there's an honor, there's a respect for the office of our governing leaders. In fact, by the way, Isaiah 49:23 says, uh, kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. During Isaiah's time, they had Jezebel and that was horrible, right? And nothing. I mean, Biden doesn't have anything. President Biden has nothing on Jezebel and Ahab. They were horrible. How about, how about Nero? Right? And yet, in Romans 13, he says, honor them. Titus 3.1, remember them and be submissive to rulers and authorities to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. But when they tell you to disobey and dishonor or to go against God and what God says, that's where we draw the line. By the way, 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor everyone. In case you have this idea that we can pick and choose who we honor and dishonor, no. Verse 17 says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, Honor the emperor. What emperor? Nero. All those principles go together, are completely linked, because all our legitimate earthly authority is simply, all legitimate earthly authority is simply the authority of God that has been delegated to others. In other words, the principle that is underlined in this fifth commandment applies not only to children who must obey their parents or honor their parents, but also to everyone who is under authority of any kind. If you talk bad about your teachers, if you talk bad about your, your bosses, if you talk bad about you know, just whoever it is, or do you honor authority? Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This really is the ultimate implication is that God hates rebellion. Proverbs 20.20. That's a clear verse for you right there, right? Proverbs 20.20, you know, 2020 vision, clear verse. I don't have 20.20. Yeah, yeah. There's a dad joke for you. But uh, Proverbs 20, 20, if one curses his father and mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Proverbs 30, 17, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey his mother will be plucked out by the ravens and the and of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Deuteronomy 27, 16, cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. But here's the best one. 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and the stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is a sin that is as dark and sinister and black as witchcraft. Hatred of authority is satanic. This is a very serious command. 
By the way, Scripture is full of great examples. Just a few. David, son, Absalom, uh, secretly desired to undermine his uh, father's credibility, his father's authority. Because of that, he met an untimely death by being hung by his own hair. Another good reason to have short hair. (laughs) Uh, Just to wake a few of you up. (laughs) But yeah, and then you had... Uh, you had uh, Hopni, Hopni and Phineas, not Phineas and Ferb, but Hopni and Phineas, they were sons of Eli. They were studying to be priests of Israel, and they rebelled against their father. In fact, they started taking the choice meat of all the sacrifices. They were good butchers. They knew what was good meat and what wasn't good meat. They were giving God the bad meat, and they were keeping the best and choicest meat for themselves. They wanted a good barbecue. I don't blame them. I like good barbecue. But that's not what God commanded. That wasn't, they didn't honor God. They didn't honor their father. In fact, they had great contempt for their father. They rebelled. Their father said, don't do it. They did it anyway. They were judged severely by God. They went out and gave an offering to God. And God said, what is this strange fire? And boom, they were killed with lightning. Rebellion is horrible, self-destructive, and it begins, begins with this principle in the home, to honor your father and your mother. It's no wonder this commandment stands so prominently at the head of the second table of the law. If you look at the Ten Commandments, there's two sections, and we'll look at that next week. Honoring starts at the home to train a heart to be submissive to the Lord. James 4, 7, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Ephesians 5, 20 and 21, give thanks always for everything to God the Father in his name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why do we submit to one another? Because of Christ. Why did the rich young ruler in Mark 10, why did he walk away so sorrowful? He did everything right on the outside. I honored my father and mother from my youth. By the way, you know what he was saying there? When he said from my youth, it means he hadn't stopped honoring his father and mother. God said, he knew he was rich. God says, hey, give all your wealth to the poor. Was that what was going to get him to heaven? People building all their theology on this statement. But you know that in, in Mark chapter 10... He says, you lack one thing. And he gives them a command, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. You lack one thing. What did he lack? His heart lacked a true treasure. He lacked Christ. He said, and follow me. This is it. This is the great implication. From the nurturing aspect, from the time that our kids are born, to the time that we live our lives is to build this heart of submission towards authority so we, our heart belongs to God. If we can't honor authority now, how can we honor God? Believe it or not, we struggle with this more than we think. It's hard to be submissive to the Lord. Rob said it perfectly. Just when you think you have it figured out, for me, I idolize sports. 
I, I remember the first day I gave up sports and I said, I'm not going to play competitively anymore because I was an idol. I was like, I felt free. I was like, this whole new relationship with the Lord. I was like, yep, that was my idol. I got rid of it. I'm great. I don't have anything else to give. About a year later, I was like, oh, I have to give to the Lord my expectations of what my adoptive dad should be like. I need to ask him for forgiveness. I expected him to be like God and treat me like God the Father, and yet he wasn't even a believer. And, I, and then I went away to Bible college, and I was like, woohoo, my heart's free. And then I found out I had another idol. <laughs> it was just one thing after another that God keeps taking. He's like, okay, now that I got that one out, and you're submitting to me, now I've got another thing I want you to submit to. I want you to have no idols before me. Who, who's your heart submitting to? Who's the authority in your life? God says, I want you to treasure me with your heart and follow me. Be in line with me. Follow my commands that it may be well with you. Not that way you change, you have a perfect look on the outside, but you have a heart that loves the Lord your God. That's what he wants. Who is in control of your heart? Who are you submitting to? Is it yourself? Or is it the Lord? Is it a desire you have, an idol that you've placed in your life that's important? Or is it the Lord? The Lord, your God. This, this command is far more reaching aspects than we could ever imagine. It's an ongoing learning to submit our heart to Christ. It starts in the home. Honor in the home helps to develop hearts that honor God. There's a good book about that. It's called Shepherding the Heart of a Child by Paul and David Tripp. Paul's middle name is David, but his brother's name is also David, so don't get confused. <laughs> but Paul and David Tripp, good book. It's also a good book for you to study about what God wants from your heart. He loves you. He wants to shepherd your heart. It's a great study. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this amazing command about honoring our father and mother and the implications that it has about our own lives. Lord, that it may be well with us, that we may be content. Lord, your desire, you said you came to give us life and life to the fullest. You knew that we would struggle, and as Jesus, you prayed for us in John chapter 17, knowing that we were going to be in this world that was going to be distracting. And they said, Lord, you prayed that we would, even though we are in the world, but that we wouldn't be of the world, that our heart would be in tune, that it would be in love, that they would love your Father, which is in heaven. As, as Jesus loved the Father, he desired that we too, as his disciples, would love the Father, keep his commandments, not because we have to look good on the outside, but because we love him, because we want to submit to him. Lord, may that be our desire. May we submit our life to God and let the fleeting desires of 
this world fall away. Not because we are powerful, but because your word, your spirit, your work is what empowers us. Not because we are good, but Lord, because you're great. Thank you for helping us understand this passage. In Jesus' name we pray.